Wondering what the best time of day is to walk? The answer is whatever time of day works best for you because pretty much all walking is good walking. But there are some specific benefits that come from walking in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. On this week's Weekly Walk podcast, Eric and I are going to dig in to those specific benefits. So lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. So when should you go for a walk? Later. Later? Yes. Or tomorrow. Or when you feel like it? Some other time. <laughs> Some other time. When it's convenient. Time. When it's conven- when you have nothing else to do. When there's when you've completed your to-do list. I am never going to complete my to- <laughs> You know my to-do list still has 64 things on it as of this morning. So does that make it the $64,000 question? There were $1,000 each. Huh. But no. They're not $1,000 each. They're just a morass. Well, when you're done, you could go for a walk. Fair enough. So you should walk when your to-do list is done, when it's convenient. Oh, and here's the most important thing that you forgot. What? When the weather is perfect. All right. Well, here's here's the real answer. When your dog needs to go for a walk. (laughs) Those of us with dogs definitely know that dogs do help to control the walking schedule. Unless, like us, we're really, really lucky because our backyard is fenced. So when it is not a good time for us to walk, we can just open the door and out Moose goes to chase the deer. Yes. All right. But that wasn't really where we were going with this question now, is it? No. So... The question is, when is the best time of day to walk? Is that how you would summarize this question? Is that what we're going to tackle today in the podcast? That, I think, is the fundamental question we are going to attempt to answer today. 1.52 p.m. I actually have the first answer. You ready? Yes. Whenever is convenient for you. Whenever you freaking can. When, whenever you can. So while we're, ta- we're going to talk about specific benefits to walking morning, noon, and night, the real answer is all walking is good walking. Can I get on my soapbox for a second? Sure. So I... Wait, was... let me just pass the box over. The soapbox. The soapbox over. stand on the soapbox. Exactly. So let me pass you my soapbox. You climb right up on there and have at it. And... Do any, like, listeners under the age of 40 or 50 know what the heck we're talking about when we say get up on your soapbox? I don't know. You all let us know if some of the expressions we use. I don't know. Some of the expressions we use just reveal our age and leave you all in the lurch. So, as listeners may know, and as you, Joyce, know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and... 
a lot of them are around health and wellness and fitness, and there are a couple of heavy hitters that I tend to listen to, one being this guy, uh, Peter Atia. He's Dr. Doc- Atia. Dr. Atia. So he's interviewing a guy, Lane somebody, who's a... Something or other. <laughs> national champion power lifter. He's a PhD in nutrition sciences, and they're talking about how he squats over 600 pounds and all this stuff, right? So I'm listening to this podcast. But you get into the podcast, and at one point, Lane says, but you know what? This, all this stuff we're talking about is not is not critical. What's critical is that you get 15 or 20 minutes of walking in a day that you start moving that you will have you will gain so much of the benefits going from 0 to 20 versus going from 0 to 100 and you just need to walk and move and it's so good for you and that's where the benefits are and he said the fitness industry with their 7 minute abs is just doing everybody a disservice so that's it. I'm stepping off the soapbox. So what's the point of your soapbox speech? Because you told the whole story of the podcast. Just get out and walk. Thank you. Just get out and walk whenever is convenient for you. So to that point, I want to be really sure that we're not leaving anybody convinced that if they can't walk at some optimal time, they may as well not bother. The ultimate answer is the best time of day to walk is whatever time works best for you. Exactly. Now can we talk about some of the specific benefits of walking morning, noon, and night? Yeah, well, just sort of going back into the sort of squishy times, like any time that you can make it a habit, right? Well, yes and no. You know, I'm a believer in on the one hand, the power of creating a walking habit. On the other hand, the power of being opportunistic in your walking, which I am a big fan of, and that's what I do. So, uh, yep, there's that. And then there's walking anytime your friends can walk, if, if that's convenient. All of these things, I'm just sort of going where you were going, that there's no one perfect time. But there are different benefits to walking at different times of day. So let's dive Would into Would you like that. to talk about those? Or do you have other things you want to talk about no I've talked enough you You have more squishy things to talk about I've talked enough for one podcast you you done you're out you're just gonna sit there and smile and nod smile Smile and nod smile and and nod and maybe a few hopefully humorous comments here or there no we're in this together I'm just waiting till you're ready to move on to the meat I am ready for the meat so benefits of walking in the morning for me, this is really good for me. And I had set an intention that I was going to, here was my plan. And you, we all know about plans. My plan was I was going to get up at 4.30, 4.45. I was going to write for an hour. I was going to join Maddie for breakfast. And then I was going to head out for a walk. And you know what happened? First thing in the morning. This is, this is your, like, routine? We, this was intended to be my routine. This was a new routine that I tried to put in place about a month ago. Ah, okay. Uh, and you know what happened with that routine? What? It doesn't get light out until, like, <laughs> 7 o'clock. 
Yeah, that's a problem where we are. So routines are meant to be changed, but there are particular benefits to walking in the morning. The first is, to your point earlier, it is probably the easiest time of day to create a walking habit. Because what happens once this becomes your habit is you're up and dressed and out the door before you have the opportunity to talk yourself out of it. Mm, That is a good point. Your brain just goes on autopilot and out you go. And it's also the best time of day to get into that habit because you are the least likely to have other things pop up on your to-do list. You're going to be least busy at 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning, unless you're us. I like to work out in the afternoon, and that includes walks or whatever I'm doing, but often there will be demands of the day. It may even be I have to go to the grocery store because we're out of X, Y, Z. Oh, we so, are out of XYZ. We're, we're completely so, we're so out of XYZ. We're out of ABC. <laughs> Easy is one, two, three. So, yes, I totally hear that. So, benefit number one is it is the an easy, typically the easiest time to create a habit. Benefit number two of morning walks is you get sunshine or sunlight, depending on where you live. People in Alaska, sorry. But you get sunshine and sunlight on your face early in the morning, setting your circadian rhythm, your daily clock, that is actually going to help you sleep at night and just sort of set your whole day up. So one of the podcasts that Eric and I kind of geek out and listen to is the Huberman Lab. Uh, And this is a Stanford doctor and professor, and he can go deep and long. I mean, he talked about caffeine on a podcast that went on for, I think, three hours and two minutes. Like, it's a lot. But he keeps coming back over and over again in his podcast to the importance of getting morning sunlight and daylight. Which we actually had a routine that got us morning sunlight and daylight, and that was porch time when we would wait for Maddie to get on the bus. And now that she's a senior and often drives herself to school, we don't have that anymore. I miss that. So it didn't occur to me. This is like these milestones in your life that some of them you don't even realize. We have these huge milestones that we mark, right? Weddings and anniversaries and all the major milestones. But I don't know when our last porch time was. Porch time is over. Porch time is over. So we would take our, our coffee and we would sit on the front porch and we would chat with Maddie. We could see the bus coming, which was just the way our street lines up. There was plenty of time. You could see the bus coming and she ran for the bus. And we would then yell, look both ways every <laughs> single day, even though she's 17 years old. Anyway, daylight, sunlight on your face first thing in the morning. Really, really really good for you and you know what else is really good for you walking (laughs) walking exactly and you start the day by firing up your happy hormones firing up your endorphins your serotonin your dopamine all the good things that can help power you through your day you fire up your creativity you get your brain clicking it's really good to say it's a a great way to set up a great day 
Yeah, and you get all those hormones, and then you just flat out get the satisfaction of having done it and knowing that you're doing something good for your mind, your mood, and your body, and doing that, that could be one thing you cross off your list for the day. Off of the endless to-do list, leaving me with 63. <laughs> exactly. somehow doesn't seem that much. I don't actually put, I don't generally put walks on my to-do list. It's just assumed. <laughs> no, now that I'm thinking about it, I put them on my calendar. So I have things on my calendar and things on my to-do. I think I need, might need a new strategy for next year. Mm. Got it. Um, and the last piece of this is for people who have problems with their blood sugar, particularly people who are diabetic, there's this syndrome or this, uh, I don't know exactly what the word is, again, not a doctor, but I read about this called the, what is it called? The, the, the dawn, dawn phenomenon. The dawn phenomenon. And what they see with people who suffer from diabetes is that in the morning, even though they've been fasting overnight, they see this little spike in blood sugar when they wake up. And the, from what I read, at least, the doctors are not entirely sure why. It doesn't actually make any sense because you haven't taken in any food or sugar or glucose, but they see this dawn spike. And what they have seen is that walking first thing in the morning for people with diabetes. And we're going to talk about walking later in the day as well for your blood sugar levels. Uh, but walking in the morning for people who may have this dawn phenomenon, also super powerful. <laughs> so everybody should walk in the morning, right? That's what we just said. Honestly, I think everybody should walk in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know you should walk whatever time works for you. But I kind of feel like everybody should walk in the morning. But that's easy for me to say because I'm a morning person. But we just took an afternoon walk yesterday with, with our friend Helly, And it was great. So afternoon walks. I'm, I'm team afternoon. Your team afternoon walks. Okay, so let's talk about 3 o'clock-ish. Ish. 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> What is happening for so many people is that they're suffering from that mid-afternoon slump. I get that so bad sometimes. Like I literally have to put my feet up on, on my desk if I'm in the office and like just close my eyes for five minutes. Well, that's a lot better than what you used to do at 3 o'clock because do you remember what you used to do in our old office at 3 o'clock? So we had an office for many years that's uh, maybe five miles from our current office, so not in a whole nother world, but a few miles away. Do you remember what? This is like another lifetime for you. No. You would walk to the gas station because we were maybe uh, maybe a quarter of a mile, probably not even not that. Even. Two-tenths of a mile. I don't know. We were very close to this gas station with a fabulous convenience store and you would go buy yourself a Diet Coke and a little package of the 25 cent chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I love those 25 cent chocolate chip cookies. I don't know if they were literally 25 cents, were they? They were cheap. They were close, maybe 50 cents. And that's how you would manage your three o'clock slump back in the day before we knew better. Yeah, I think I knew better then. <laughs> you know how I manage my three o'clock slump? How? handfuls of chocolate chip cook uh, <laughs> chocolate chips forget the cookie i'm just all about the chocolate mm. unless we're walking with a friend so mid afternoon mid to late afternoon you can fight back that slump and that's a real thing so people kind of feel 
I don't know, bad that at three or four o'clock they're craving sugar and treats and coffee. And and in Europe, they have like siesta, right? It's like a thing. People take breaks in the afternoon. I don't, that's not really Europe. No. It's like more like South America and some of the Latin countries where it's really, really hot. Isn't that the siesta? Yeah, I think they do it in like Spain and Portugal and stuff too. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I've never been to Spain or Portugal. Me neither. Afternoon tea time. I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of afternoon tea time. Anyway, we digress. So why, why does walking during that time make a ton of sense? You look at the energy boosting effects of walking. So a study I talk about all the time because I love it so much, a 10-minute walk gives you as much energy as a shot of espresso. They did a study in a lab. They compared a shot of espresso versus a 10-minute walk. Wow. Walking one. <laughs> so when you need that energy boost, this goes to what I say all the time, which is when you need it most, you feel like at least when you need an energy boost, take a walk, even though it's the last thing you feel like. And this goes to the sort of that same thing that like you don't feel like it. All right, well, I'm going to walk to the end of my driveway. And then you get to the end of the driveway and you're like, all right, I'll walk around the block. And then you walk around the block and you're like, all right, I'll walk to the park. You do a lap through the park. You come home. Next thing you know, you've walked 30, 40 minutes and you feel great. Exactly. It's sort of like if you give a mouse a cookie of walking. <laughs> you could do like a whole riff on that. Yeah. So there's an old chill children's book anyway of all these things that just build on each other. So if you walk to the end of the driveway, you're going to feel okay. And you'll think, I can walk around the block. And if you walk around the block, you're going to feel even better. So you'll walk to your local park. Anyway, that's sort of the way the book goes. With that voice. You got to read it with that voice. That's uh, that's my book reading voice. <laughs> uh, maybe one day in the podcast, Eric will actually read If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Okay, okay moving if, on. If, yes. if if I get two comments in the Facebook group about me reading If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, I will read If You Give a Mouse a Cookie uh, on this Or, podcast. okay, messages in the Facebook group or a call on the Weekly Walk podcast hotline, 866-99-WALKS, extension 3. <laughs> All right. And if you really don't want him to read it, you can leave a message and say, I'm leaving a message, but please don't read the cookie book. Okay. <laughs> One of the other benefits of walking in that, that mid to late afternoon window is chances are that you've had a day during which there have been opportunities for your cortisol to fire up a little bit. The research shows that we are, many of us are walking around with this constant, low-level buzz of stress and cortisol. You think you are? I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're calm as a I'm cucumber. Zen. You're Zen dad. I'm Zen. You're Zen Eric. Yeah, not so much. So one of the things that we know is that a walk can help reduce those cortisol levels. So if you think about the times when those levels might feel high for you, and you want to make a transition from the work time to the home time, you want to shake off the stress of the day, a late afternoon walk can be perfect. And to your point from earlier, for me, for whatever reason, it's a really good time to walk with friends. I don't know. It just seems to be a time that works for uh, some of the people in our lives. Yeah. And I find that it helps fire up my creativity if I need a little 
boost in the afternoon and just helps with sort of that alertness, but also as it applies to like decision making. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about decision fatigue? Yeah. So over the course of the day, you're making hundreds of decisions and it's tiring on your brain. This is a this is a real thing. Decision fatigue is a real thing. Your brain can only make so many good decisions during the course of the day, and then you're going to make not as good decisions. So going for a walk can help perk up your brain and push that decision fatigue back to later in the evening or just keep it at bay for a little bit longer when you're making decisions, probably at work. So uh, the research shows that there are a couple of different ways to help refresh your decision-making capacity. The best one is a good night's sleep. That's the one that works best for me. But a walk, especially in a, a walk in nature, is exactly one of the tools that helps refresh your decision-making capacity, which you're going to need because I, I don't know how many of us are in a world where like at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, we can be like, yep, no more decisions. I've got no more decisions to make for the day. Particularly the decision I always have to make then is what are we going to do for dinner? I mean, you always make that decision. No, no, no. We make that decision. I have to make it. We make it together, but that's the one that always comes up. It's the one that only comes up when we have failed to meal plan for the week. Yes. Failing to plan is planning to fail. (laughs) (laughs) We have got to get back to meal planning. Absolutely. So, all right, I'm sold. So now I think I should walk in the afternoon. Well, it's funny because you say that afternoon is a good time for you to walk. That is is your preferred time. It is. Last but not least, well, it's not really last because there are other options, but the after dinner walk. Oh, let let me go back actually to that late afternoon walk. For those people who can walk between work and home, whatever that means for you, that transitional time between the work that you do and your home life, walking gives you a really good opportunity to process the day and make that transition. And you're less likely to bring the stresses of your work day home into your evening if you give yourself that break. And it's something that we're losing. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but as fewer people are commuting, while commute time feels like a waste and everybody, most people are really happy they're not doing it, those who are no longer commuting or commuting every day, it did provide this clear break between work and home life. Uh, when you're working from home, especially, that transitional time is really important and you've got to find a way to bake it into your day. And a walk is brilliant. Close up your computer, close up whatever work you do, put it away, take a walk, and sort of build in your own commute. Yeah, and find your trouble tree. Find your trouble tree. So have a tree, maybe outside your door, where you walk to, where you put your work troubles for the day. And then when you get home, you can be with your family and be present. And then in the morning, you can go get your troubles back from the trouble tree and take them to work with you. But going for an afternoon walk is like having a trouble tree. I have the perfect trouble tree for us. 
Oh yeah. The perfect trouble tree for us is at the end, that tree in the middle of the circle at the end of Harbor Watch in front of our house. Oh yeah. It's half a mile away. It's just this beautiful red maple in the middle of a circle in the middle of a dead end street that marks the end of this half mile walk. Got I it. think that's officially going to be my trouble tree. Sounds good to me. All right, so moving on. Go on. Evenings. This is what typically happens is you eat and... This is what happens to you? You clean up and... I don't know if this ha is what happens to everybody. It happens to a lot of people. And then it's either hit the television or a book and go to sleep, right? Well, that's my routine. We have dinner on the early side, clean up, and I'm done. Done. But sometimes, particularly in the summer when it's light out, we will take an after-dinner walk. Not as often as we should. Absolutely not as often as we should. But when we do, we usually feel a lot better for it. And there's some research around this, right? Taking a walk after meals. Well, this is high on the list of routines that I have tried to create new habits. And I've even said this to you. We've had this conversation a few times where I have said, after dinner, let's take a walk to the trouble tree. Of course, we didn't call it that at the time, but it's exactly a mile out and back. Let's just take an after dinner walk. And you, because you're agreeable about these things, will generally go, great idea, I'm in. And it lasts literally a day. <laughs> Because I'm tired after dinner. And it's hard making decisions after making decisions all day. Honestly, that seems so crazy that it's one more decision to just put on my sneakers and walk out the door. But I, I've really struggled with this. And I, I know my life would be better if I could just take an after-dinner walk. Yeah, it helps with digestion, right? So the, our grandmothers were right. That whole idea of taking a walk, aiding digestion, there's actually some research that shows that the food will move through your system more efficiently and effectively if you take a walk after meals. Now, there, there's some nuance to that because the research does show that it depends a little bit on what you've eaten, how much you've eaten, and who you are. So, well, for most people, an after-dinner walk will make you feel less bloated and aid in your digestion. For some people, that's just not the case. So if you do try this after-dinner walk routine and you find it's really not good for you, it may not be good for you. And it may also depend on what you've had for dinner. So pay attention to that. But more often than not, after-dinner walk aids in digestion, helps the food move through your body. Give me another good reason to walk after dinner. Well, after food in general, your blood sugar spikes, so taking a walk can help sort of level out that blood sugar from your food. This research is incredibly powerful because it has shown that even a 10-minute walk, which is not a walk where you're like burning lots of calories, they're not even 100% sure why this works, but even a 10-minute walk after a meal helps to level out those blood sugar levels. And listen, your blood sugar naturally goes up after you eat because that's you put sugar in your body. You put, you put food in your body that turns into energy. 
right? Blood sugar, glucose, whatever you want to call it. So walking, again, even 10 minutes, really good for those blood sugar levels. So... All right, I'm sold. I'm going to be an evening walker now. <laughs> and that well there's one more there's one more piece of that and that is an evening walk gives you a really good opportunity to connect with family. That's conversation time. That's connection time. That's not being distracted by your by the television, by your phone. It's really just such a beautiful time to have a conversation around a genuine conversation around how was your day which it's funny that you say that because before our son went off to college and we had both of our kids in the house we ate dinner as a family I'll just say most nights during the week and we would have discussion with the kids how was your day we would talk about our day and our son loves to share he's just he's just sort of boisterous that way and wind him up get him going and off he goes and we would have lovely dinner conversations the four of us but after he went off to college our daughter sort of let us know that she doesn't want <laughs> the pressure of the three of us sort of having this conversation because Mostly it's going to be you and I asking her about her day at school and what her friends are up to and sports and hopes and dreams and all this stuff. So we actually don't have quite as many dinners around the table. Uh, we do have dinner together and then sometimes we do take a walk together. And my point is when we're walking with our daughter and it's shoulder to shoulder, and it's not the pressure of being at the table, she will often share more about her day, her life, and her experiences with us. And yeah, that's honestly wonderful. So when's the best time to walk? Morning, noon, and night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>